right, folks, you are listening to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Walking with Yishai. Uh, this is a different kind of show today because of a lot of reasons, uh, but basically it's the madness weeks, the two weeks before Pesach, before Passover, so there's a lot of cleaning, and a lot of my guests uh, are cleaning and doing other things, and everybody's busy, and also there's like elections, and so there's like a kind of madness in the air, and also um, since since um, Corona is kind of like opening up around here in the sense that people are starting to come out after Israel's been uh, highly vaccinated and also a lot of people have been sick and therefore getting over it, both of those factors. So what it means is that that Israel's in kind of a different mode in, 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 in the way that people are coming out of their house and there's a lot more tourists in Hebron right now. And so with all these various factors, it just came out that I couldn't do the show with Rabbi Mike Foyer, and I also wanted to have Rabbi Shimshon Nadel on, and it didn't work out. And so, and, and with Malka, she's rushing around. And so instead, I felt like taking the show on the road a little bit, and that is just to walk around here in Judea and talk with you about stuff that's on my mind, and to reach out to you and connect with you wherever you are. That's the... Uh, that's the catchphrase of our show, right? We, we connect, we bring you to Israel and Israel to you wherever you are. Um, and uh, we talk about the centrality of Israel and God's big plan of bringing the Jewish people uh, back home to the land of Israel at this time. Uh, and really one of the most exciting uh, eras to be alive in, even though it's, a, it's an era filled with cynicism, there's actually tremendous blessings and tremendous revelation that's happening in our time. So uh, a few things that I do want to talk about is... Um, is Pesach cleaning. Okay, everybody, uh, you got to clean the house. You got to get rid of the chametz uh, and got to get ready for that Seder. And this year's Seder is going to be very different uh, because it hasn't been 14 years since Seder was on Saturday night, uh, which for Orthodox Jews is a pretty tricky, uh, tricky proposal because uh, doing it Saturday night means that you have to have everything ready already before Shabbat. Also, on Shabbat, you could still eat chametz, leaven, but you have to make sure to be able to get rid of it by Saturday morning and have the house free of chametz. So you're either going to like flush it down the toilet, whatever is left, uh, or, or even throwing it out in the garbage is in some places a problem. Uh, so make sure that you have just a little bit, consume it, get rid of it. Uh, and then by already Shabbat morning, Saturday morning, already have no chametz in the house. Uh, but... Uh, but already be, ha- be chametz free and be ready for the Seder Saturday night with all of the stuff prepared, all of the stuff, also the warming of the stuff is tricky. There's a lot of issues that are associated with this year's Saturday night Pesach. Uh, I'm wondering why, why our sages even allowed uh, Seder to come out Saturday night. It's so tricky, um, but I will learn about it next week's show. We'll learn about the details. I wanted to do it this week's show, but it didn't work out. And... Now, some of you love Seder, and of course you love the Seder. It's the most incredible transference of the story of the Jewish people from one generation to the next. That, that's what it's really about. The whole point of the Seder is to actually pass on, <clears throat> excuse me, to pass on the heart of Judaism from one generation to the next at this one special night. The night is dedicated to the young people, to the children. That, that is what it's really all about. 
And it's written in such a way, I think, as to pass from one generation to the next the kind of heart of Judaism. So it touches, it's more like a, a kind of survey uh, of various aspects of Judaism in one night. It's a kernel, it's a seed. And it's there to, to be able to uh, pass the data over. Okay, It's like a data transfer packet thing. And that's really cool. But it's also, therefore, it's also a little bit weird. It's a little bit rushed. Um, and throw in their four cups of wine and all that. Uh, and also throw in their lots of family and lots of folks. So you have sometimes a mishmash, which is sometimes memorable and sometimes tricky. I myself, you may be surprised, I myself find myself as uh, a person who doesn't always exactly connect to every aspect of the Seder. Um, as, as hard as I try, it's like it's a bit of a mystery to me. Um, and let's just put it this way. Had I written the Seder, it may have been written a little bit differently. Now, that is a very bombastic statement to make since the Seder has been something that has been around for, you know, 1,500 years and has been very successful uh, at passing the Judaism through the Galut uh, for, for, uh, for all these years and has done a great job for, uh, for, for every generation of Jewish children. But at the same time, I still uh, say to you that I always find something missing in the Seder. The Seder's got something that's a little bit missing for me. And the reason it's missing is because because maybe we live in a time that Seder is not enough. <clears throat> or maybe Seder doesn't do it because we are back in the land of Israel. And we're really looking forward to Seder, the, 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 the Passover night, the way it was done in, in, in biblical times and in Second Temple times with fire, with a Korban Pesach, a Paschal offering, and with, with that kind of like energy of a nation in Jerusalem, not everybody around their table, but everybody in this one city, and everybody making it to this one city. Imagine a Saturday night Seder in Yerushalayim with, with millions of, of brothers and sisters. And so to me, every year, there's something not enough, not satisfying, since I think of myself as a kind of a, of a Jew in, in this uh, redeemed Third Temple period, and I hope you do as well, or as a friend of the Jewish people in this redeemed th Third Temple period, uh, of which I know there are many of you out there. Um, and so it's not enough for me. So this year, I'm going to be trying something a little bit different, and I've got to get rabbinic supervision and approval for all of it. But basically, the only thing I want to add is the element of fire. I'm going to prepare a barbecue pit uh, with sticks and with everything so that I could light the fire. And of course, I have to light a, a, a fire from a fire. You can't just light a fire on, on Yom Tov on the holiday, but you can from an existing flame. And the reason I'm doing this is because I want to be outside. I want to smell fire. I want to, I wish we could smell the, the, the barbecuing of meat. You're not really supposed to kind of do that. Uh, unless it's a, it's a corp on Pesach, but I'm going to find out more information about that. But, but my point to you is, is that I want there to be the element of, of uh, not the familiar, familiar, not, uh, not just, uh, um, you know, the comfortable uh, table that you're used to. Brother, go outside and sense what you're really supposed to sense in Passover, which is not really the four cups of wine and not really the, the, the four sons. That's all ancillary. The real thing you're supposed to sense is, Yitziat Mitzrayim. You're supposed to sense 
the exodus, the movement of the people from Egypt and, and into the Sinai to receive the Torah. So, so there's got to be there's got to be that kind of juice, in my opinion, and that's and that's to me lacking, and I'm always looking for a way. So I'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas about how to make Pesach a little bit more jazzy to feel that exodus and what you you guys and your family do and what your fun tricks are, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Yishai, YishaiFleischer.com or YishaiAtTheLandOfIsrael.com Would love to hear your take on, on making Seder like, like awesome this year. This Torah portion that we have is Vayikra. We're starting a new book and it's really all about the offerings and the various offerings that, that exist in the tabernacle and the temple. And it's almost it's almost like the Torah has got sections that are blueprints for the tabernacle and the vessels and the vestments. And we've got sections that are blueprints for tort laws, basically a very legalistic sections. I thought to myself, wow, this is a blueprint of biology. It's like, it's like the Torah says to you, not this part of the tail and not this part of the leg. And, you know, what, what fats are for God and what fats are for what, what it was allowed for you to eat. And I was just like, wow, this is incredibly detailed. It's almost like the Torah is like, do you think I don't know biology? I know biology because I created this world, says God. And uh, the usage of, of, uh, of korbanot, of offerings, is a tricky question, which is a big machloket. It's a big uh, discussion between the Rambam and the Ramban. Is our, our korbanot something that are kind of um, what we call bedieved, of secondary nature, only because it needs to answer some kind of primal urge and maybe some kind of uh, even even cultic urge uh, that we have inside and to answer it and to channel it properly? Or no, is this the real way to replace your sinful self that's supposed to be on that altar uh, with an animal? You put all your energy into it and, and you get expiation through it. Uh, this is some of the heavy questions that are dealt with behind the scenes in this Torah portion of Vayikra. And we're going to get to more uh, of what uh, of what this Torah portion and what this whole book is is really about. In the meantime, we have a different kind of uh, a sacrifice offering on the table right now, and that is the uh, the altar of of democratic elections here in Israel. And uh, this is the fourth elections in two years, and so a lot of people are somewhat blasé and tired of it, and other people are not. <clears throat> and other people are excited. I, I find myself in the excited category. I'm actually looking forward to these elections a lot. I've got a good feeling, friends. I have a good feeling. And I'm, I want to talk about good feelings in just another minute also, about another topic, but I have a good feeling. And my good feeling is I think there's going to be um, an, a nationalistic coalition that's going to come out of this thing. I really do think so, and my prediction is that Likud is going to do well, Naftali Bennett's going to do well, um, um, Betzalel Smutrich is going to do well. The ultra orthodox are going to do well, and together they're going to make up a nice coalition of 61, 62, 63 seats. And then maybe you'll see even people from the Gidon Sar party coming back towards the Likud. And and the truth is, is what the left media doesn't want to tell you, which is 100% true though, is that there's going to be about 80 Knesset members who identify themselves as nationalistic, so-called right wing. In Israel, and that's one of the most important things to know. That means that the demographics of Israel are such as that people are really moving towards nationalism, and in, including young people as well. And that's really exciting. So let's keep going with that energy of more people recognizing that we shouldn't give away our land away, and that and that Judaism is the 
Judaism uh, is the driving ideology behind the state, uh, that, that the, the state runs Judaism, that it's powered by Judaism, uh, and, and that giving away our land is dumb, and we're not going to do that anymore. And that doesn't mean that we have to hate Arabs, but we have to know that this is our land, and we have to state that clearly, and, and to be simple about these things. And so I think that that's, that's what's happening. Now, speaking of uh, sim- sim- simplicity, uh, and, there, and there's a fine line between simplistic and simplicity, right? Simplicity is beautiful. Simplistic is sometimes just that. Um, I want to tell you that uh, I have some friends who are, who are very, very uh, smart and very strong, and they sense really that the world is being taken over by uh, people with bad interests, and they're afraid of the loss of, uh, they're afraid of this corona, the way coronavirus was engineered, uh, the way it's being taken care of, and they see the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates behind a lot of stuff. And you can roll your eyes or you can be like, yeah, that's right. Uh, but a very good, very good friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, told me yesterday that he's been thinking about uh, leaving the city life of the Holy Jerusalem and to move south somewhere in the desert and kind of get off the grid. And I said, why is that? Is it because you like suburbia or you want to live in the desert like as a farmer? Like I have other friends who do that. And he said, no, he said, you know, basically I'm very afraid that there's cameras everywhere and they're going to, uh, there's going to be um, a, a, a digital currency and they're going to know exactly everything you're doing. And, and the, there's the Chimerica or the Chim, Chai Israel, you know, the, 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 the loss of, of freedoms, the individual freedoms. And these are real concerns. Please, you know, don't think, I, I don't think those are concerns. There is, there is a move towards a loss of uh, privacy and towards uh, towards uh, you know met, met, not met, not metadata, uh, what do we call it? Big data. I was going to say megadata, right? Uh, of 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 calling and and uh, and and gathering all the information about every individual person, turning him really into a number, like the Germans could have never thought of. Really, everybody's just a case file with all the information on them. And yeah, I'm concerned about that also. But then I stopped him and I said to him, buddy, listen to me. Conspiracy theories, if we call it that, maybe that's not a nice name anymore. But those kind of theories are are fine, and they may have merit to them. But I'll give you a much more conspiratorial fear, theory, which is much more likely to happen, and that is the will of Hashem, uh, as laid out in the prophets and the prophecies. Jerusalem being the, the spiritual capital of the world, uh, and and Israel being a, a, a spiritual superpower is where it's all going. And that's the direction we're heading into. And to miss that, and to suddenly believe that the world is being subverted, instead of, instead of recognizing that we're living in a time of awesome revelation and awesome fulfillment of promises that is coming to fruition in our time, is a big mistake. You are you're barking up the wrong conspiracy theory. Much better to believe that God sent the Jewish people, much more correct to believe that God sent the Jewish people into exile. And after 2,000 years, he's fulfilling his promises to ingather them. And we're heading towards a third temple. That is a conspiracy theory, which is much more likely to come to fruition. And that's the one I would bank on, because that's the word of God. And that's what I told him, and I gave him a little bit of a reproof and a reproach. And I said to him, you got to snap out of it a little bit. you got to see the good. And we are responsible to fill the world with good energy right now. We are responsible to fill the world with good energy right now. 
And our, our responsibility is not uh, to become defensive right now and, and go all, uh, all uh, you know, get off the grid and all that kind of stuff. And if you want to prepare, you know, some food and money and some water somewhere stored away in your house, okay, if you want to be defensive about things, fine. But that's not the big picture. That is not the big picture. The big picture is something broader, something much more important, something much more exciting, and that is the revelation of Hashem in Yerushalayim and us being part of something amazing. I don't know exactly how to uh, uh, get to this next topic, but I want to say that I was on Netflix, and I was looking around and looking for something smart, looking for something historical and meaningful, and I got to uh, a Netflix video that is basically... Uh, U.S. Army footage that was shot during World War II, including the liberation of Bergen-Belsen. And I want to tell you that the liberation of Bergen-Belsen imagery is so, so horrific. Just so horrific. It is, it's impossible, it is impossible to believe that bodies uh, by, the, by the thousands and thousands would be tractored into big pits by the U.S. Army in order to clean up the mess of Bergen-Belsen, which was almost impossible to, 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 to believe with the naked eye. And to see the German female SS officers with their, you know, well-combed, manicured hair, taking care of hair, their, their, their manicured fingers, their, uh, their kind of robustness, being forced to deal with what the horrors of uh, Bergen-Belsen were. I'm watching this video, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, this, this is something that I always think when I think, see, any Holocaust stuff, but this, this really struck a chord with me. I said, you know, I can't believe that we have the German government today still paying money to organizations that are anti-Israel, that want to uh, undermine Israel's society from within. I can't believe that such a thing is happening. In, in light of the horrific history. And, and, you know, the only conclusion is that you have to think to yourself, you're like, they must continue to harbor these, these, evil, these, evil, uh, these, these evil traits and these evil beliefs against the Jewish people if they want to deal with us and they want to undermine us and destroy us still and destroy our, our rights. You know, and I, you, you become amazed. You think to yourself, if I'm a German, I'm thinking to myself, why is my government even touching the Israel issue. If I was a German, I'd be like, can we just stay neutral on Israel issues? Can we just stay neutral on, on Israel issues? Why do we even opine in any way on Israel? Where's the, where's the wrath? Where's the anger? And, and the whole Holocaust education to me has been very, very, um, has really missed the mark. And the mark is that you've got to remember that, I mean, the real mark is, why did Hashem do this and to bring us back to the land of Israel? That's the real big mark. But even on a smaller mark, like, like, don't let people do this to you. Don't let them undermine you and, and see them for who they are. And I wish that the state of Israel would really call out uh, the government of Germany for being one of the major sponsors of the 100 million euros that are spent yearly towards anti-Israel delegitimizing organizations. And, and who's going to call them out? Who's going to call them out and say, you're despicable? And no amount of Holocaust museums are going to explain this thing. The way, the way we got to teach our children, speaking of Passover, is to say, you know, call out. The Jewish people's job, our role, is to call out the emperor when he's, when he's, when he's not wearing any clothes. And just say, the emperor has no clothes. You, you are 
still engaged in evil, in evil, and and we should just we we, we should make a, a mockery of their. Uh, we should make an example of what they're doing and just call them out. And that's something that Israel doesn't do a lot of times. We don't call out the Palestinian Authority for what it is, which is a repressive, thuggish gang. And we don't call the German support for these kind of things, uh, for, for, for delegitimizing of Israel for what they are, which is the continuation of the efforts of the Nazis, of, of the bodies at Bergen-Belsen. Okay, and maybe it's a little softer, but its end goal is the same. And and I, um, I, just, I just think that we should have more... Closer to zero tolerance of this kind of you know dark evil that is still around lingers uh, today. Um, I want to say Mazal Tov. Speaking of Europe, I do want to say Mazal Tov to the Czech Republic and to Kosovo for moving their embassies to Jerusalem or opening a Jerusalem embassy, uh, an Israeli em- a embassy of the Czech and Kosovo, Czech Republic and, and Kosovo in Jerusalem in Yerushalayim Yer Kodesh. I just want to say. Uh, congratulations! Uh, I especially have uh, a fondness for the Czechs uh, because uh, for a long time I carried a Czech gun. I uh, I drive a, a Czech car, and I visited the Czech Republic, and I've you know prayed at the tomb of the Maharal in Prague. And I have a soft place in my heart for the Czechs. I've read Czech books, including Milan Kundera, etc. And so, to me, there's something. Uh, there's something uh, uh, there's something beautiful about Prague. There's something very moving about these uh, about these uh, the Czechs. And so I just want to say uh, uh, a thank you for recognizing the truth and thank you for for undermine uh, for de- defeating the crimes of the Nazis by finally recognizing Yerushalayim instead of trying to kill the Jews and 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 make a museum of the of the Holocaust, the Museum of Jewish Communities in Prague. You are now recognizing Jewish Jerusalem, and I just want to uh, recognize you back. And I think I should be writing about that as well. And so I just want to, uh, and everybody should say the Chaim to the Czech Republic and to Kosovo, and those places should be blessed uh, for uh, for now joining the ranks of, of people who get it. Finally, some old, some some two thousand year old scrolls. M- more parchment pieces have been found. I think around sixty parchment pieces have been found from the Book of Isaiah and other books uh, in tombs uh, in the Dead Sea area. Some more of the Dead Sea Scrolls, basically, have been found. That's really exciting. Um, and our ancient history is, is, is a work in progress. It's coming back to life. And we are meeting Bar Kokhba again and his kind of final revolt uh, against, against the Romans. And um, we're living in a time where, where Jerusalem is rising and, and its stock is rising in the world. And I think that's in large measure due to uh, the critical mass that has that has really grown here in Israel, uh, the Torah that is flourishing here in Israel. And a big thank you also to Prime Minister Netanyahu, who's done a great job in certain aspects, in many aspects, and he's going to go down as one of the great leaders of Israel. Um, he's got some aspects that he's been weak on, and those aspects are the defense of Jewish Judea and making sure that Judea, the land of Judea, is not taken over, is not lost. Uh, and the same thing with uh, with uh, an atmosphere of sovereignty down in the Negev and in the Galil. We cannot have our land stolen from underneath our noses. We can't have Bedouins think that they could do anything with the Israeli army. That means that really, if they believe that the Israeli army is not going to defend itself and they're going to be able to steal from, from bases, that means that there's a, a problem with our very... You know, the very atmosphere of security and defense that we're supposed to give out. People basically believe 
that, that you, can, you could be lawless as against the Jewish state. We cannot have that. Again, keep in mind Bergen-Belsen. Keep in mind where we've been. We can't allow people to start to, to mess with us in simple terms. Um, so, okay, those are some of the issues that are on my mind right now. Um, I am working myself on trying to get Israel to be more biblically conscious uh, and have more of a sense of our heritage because I think that if, if, if the average Israeli doesn't really know the book of Bereshit, let alone the rest. But if you don't know the book of Genesis, then it's going to be a very hard schlock to try to figure out why the way, why we're here, what we're doing here, what we're supposed to be doing here. But if you've read the book of Genesis, you understand the land and you understand the people and you understand where we're from and where we're going. And that is why I'm working very hard through Hebron and other great projects uh, to uh, uh, strengthen biblical consciousness here in Israel, working very hard on that. Uh, and also working very hard on its twin project, which is uh, to strengthen Jewish uh, lands in Judea and Samaria uh, and make sure that these lands are being held onto from marauders uh, and from land thieves and that the land is being, um, the land is being uh, uh, taken care of, loved, held, uh, defended, and, and settled. And so that's a separate project. We call that, uh, through my very good friends, we call that project uh, Abraham's Quest, uh, Abraham's Quest for holding on to the land of Israel and developing it. So if you want to be part of that, uh, please uh, please go to yishaifleischer.com uh, and support uh, biblical consciousness and Judean consciousness. Uh, those two things are so, so important. And I'm talking to you, as I'm talking to you about these things, I'm thinking about you wherever you are, and I'm thinking, you know, I hope that you feel... Um, feel connected uh, through this show and through these efforts and I'm walking on kind of the, the, the mud of the land of Israel right now and I am uh, I'm blessing you to be part of this great uh, time, this great moment uh, the, 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 in the land of Israel you feel the beauty of the land below you but you also feel the clo- closeness of the heavens uh, above and that's just something so special such a gift of our time. That's what it is. Such a gift of our time. Uh, we have a lot of great sponsors uh, to our show. You know that. Uh, and the sponsors make all the difference as well. I want to bless my sponsors for doing such good work, uh, including uh, the folks at JewishPress.com. And Jewish Press, uh, as you know, um, is, is, puts out a great email every single day uh, with great news. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the stuff that they do. Um, and I want you to go check it out. And sign up for their for their weekly email because it's awesome. It's called the Jewish Express. I want to thank the good phones at Hebron Fund. Uh, the Hebron Fund is the people that protect and defend uh, the Jewish community of Hebron, and therefore protect and defend uh, the forefathers and mothers. So go to HebronFund.org and start being part of the Hebron family. Uh, I want to thank uh, who else? Uh, Jerusalem Salves. These guys make beautiful creams. Uh, that make your skin happy, but it's full of, full of the land of Israel. It's just a way to get the nutrients uh, and the spirituality of the land of Israel onto your body, and I highly recommend that. I recommend imbibing things from the land of Israel. Uh, you know, everything you can, you can do. Uh, I myself wear an Israeli watch from the Adi company. I'm about to get an Israeli wallet from the uh, Naod company. Um, and I haven't found Israeli shoes that are comfortable for me yet, but I'm working on that. I carry an Israeli pistol, and so to me, really, uh, 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 you know, laying it on thick is 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 the best way to go. Uh, so that's what do we mentioned? Uh, Jerusalem Sal's, and also 
Aleph Mail. Check out AlephMail.com uh, for your beard needs. If you want a Judean beard, you can get it at AlephMail.com. And, uh, and type in coupon code Yishai, uh, Yishai10 at AlephMail and, and Yishai uh, at uh, Jerusalem Salves, and you're going to get 10% off. Uh, also check out uh, Blessed by Israel. Blessed by Israel. If you go to Blessed by Israel, you um, can buy products that, that will ship out to you from the land of Israel. And uh, this site is created by lovers of Israel. And you can be part of something amazing uh, by having that olive oil in your, in your pasta or in your salad from the land of Israel. Imagine just eating a salad wherever you are and just having a little bit of the land of Israel in that salad. What a blessing that is. Uh, so check out Blessed by Israel, coupon code Yishai, of course. And of course, the Land of Israel Network, that's our uh, parent radio network with Ari and Jeremy. Great stuff and, and great way to to connect while driving, walking, working out, washing dishes. There's nothing better. Walking the dog, there's nothing better than a little bit of the Land of Israel Network in your ears. And I also want to mention our uh, our new... Oh, of course, Prohibition Pickle. How could I forget? Our beloved Prohibition Pickle makes our Shabbos so much specialer. Specialer is a very important word here in the land of Israel. And you can make your Shabbos even specialer by having some Prohibition Pickle. But that's so far only here in the land of Israel. So if you want to help anybody have a special uh, Shabbat in the land of Israel, get some Prohibition Pickle or send it their way. Um, especially your favorite uh, show hosts like Ari and Jeremy or, or Josh Haston or others. That's a great way to do it. And of course, we are excited to have you in the land. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out soon and get some, some more advertisements of getting you here. I want to get people to, um, uh, to buy apartments here. I'm going uh, to have experts uh, that it will help you purchase land in the land of Israel and also fly to the land of Israel. That's what I'm going to be working on to make sure I have those kind of advertisements as well. Uh, but while you're in America, you're also probably going to need some new uh, healthy and clean energy. Check out Energy CX, our new sponsor, energycx.com. These guys uh, are awesome. They help businesses meet their energy needs and sustainability goals in the U.S. in all 50 states, including synagogues, schools, businesses, retail uh, industry. You want kosher energy? Check out Energy CX. I think that is an awesome, uh, awesome sponsor of my show. I'm very proud of that. And let's do one more, and that is our friend Bela, who does such a great job at making you feel beautiful in the land of Israel at silksalon.co.il here in Gush Etzion in the heart of Judea. Uh, you can have a beautiful spa day. Take out your daughter, take out your sister, take out your mom uh, to silksalon.co.il. Uh, underneath it all is our best sponsors, and that is uh, the Land of Israel Network, as I mentioned before. Um, my wife is my best sponsor, so Malka sends her regards to you guys and wishes you a Shabbat Shalom and, and, and luck, good luck getting ready for Pesach. Uh, and, of course, the God of Israel, who's sponsoring us every single day. Uh, if you go to ishaifleischer.com uh, and support my work and the work of Kuma, the, my organization, and, and my team, and the folks that support me, which include Yocheved uh, and Tabitha and Moshe Herman and Ben Bresky, if you, if you support us, uh, we promise that it's not just going to be support. If you want to team up with us, uh, we promise that we're going to work hard to spread the light of Israel, of biblical consciousness, of Judean consciousness, uh, and work to make this place a stronger, more beautiful uh, uh, Eretz Israel, land of Israel, and the state of Israel. And I promise you that through that, the world will start. To, the whole world will begin to come to a greater tikkun, 
uh, which is, there's no greater tikkun, by the way, than the Jewish people. If you want to work for tikkun olam, there is no greater tikkun olam than the Jewish people living in the land of Israel and Judea. That's going to be a new slogan. I'm going to, I'm going to write that out today. Uh, anyway, folks, I really, uh, I took the time out this morning to walk around uh, the earth here uh, in Judea and to, and to think about you and to share with you some of my thoughts. And if you don't mind uh, doing, uh, paying it back a little bit, by writing me an email, yishayishayfleischer.com, sending me a little bit of your loving uh, energy of uh, of where you're, you know, what you're thinking, what you're cooking, what you're reading, uh, what you're what you're dreaming about, and how you are trying to connect to the land of Israel. Because if you listen to this show till now, you're either a deep enemy of mine looking for a way to undermine me, or more likely, uh, a lover of the land of Israel and of the people of Israel, the God of Israel, and you are part of it wherever you are. Lots of love, lots of blessings, and Shabbat Shalom from the Land of Blessings. Kol Tuv. My name is Jeremy Gimpel. A few months ago, we started an online seminar teaching life-changing biblical wisdom revealed from the original Hebrew and straight from the mountains of Judea. What started as an online seminar has grown into a global fellowship with hundreds of members from over 30 countries. I don't know how you found this or what compelled you to click on that link, but I don't believe in coincidence. And I would encourage you to take the next step on your journey toward the land of Israel. Instead of learning the Bible as a religion, it's the Torah of Israel, the living guidance of God. So please join us for our next online gathering. Just click on the link below or email fellowship at thelandofisrael.com.